We are part of a global family of churches with the purpose to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. You can find us in big cities like London, New York, Paris, and Joburg. You can also find us in nations like Bangladesh, Botswana, China, and even Hawaii. In Durban, we have a local vision of being a healthy church that starts other healthy churches. Our mission is reach, disciple, impact. We want to reach every person, every campus, and every nation. Join this mission to honor God and advance His kingdom. Good morning and welcome to Every Nation Durban. I'm Trisha and joining me this morning is the amazing Bokosi Dlamini. And we just want to welcome you to live service number two. We are super excited about this. I think the guys who went before us last week for our first live service were absolutely amazing. So we've got some big shoes to fill, Bokosi. Definitely. Definitely. But we'll just be us and have a good time here together. Um, we are really looking forward to our second series, a second week of series on believing, and, um, and that's going to be amazing. So guys, it is time for you to put your breakfast bowls in the sink. You do not have to do the dishes now. It is time to get together and prepare your hearts and your minds because we're together as a family, and we're going to have some great time of worship and word and being together. And don't forget to... Um, Message us in the, 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 the comment section on our online platform. And because he's going to be my tech girl and keep me, you know, really on point with this. And you can also contact us through our WhatsApp number, um, through the phone. And I'll try and navigate the WhatsApps. And because he can do the online chat. And uh, we'll stay in touch with everybody. So because he say hi. And is there anybody who's uh, plugged in this morning? Hello, everybody. Nice to see you all again. See you all at home. I can see you on the couch. So here we are. Here we are. You can see Auntie Fezega saying hi. Good morning to you too, Auntie Fezega. And here we are, Uncle Wayne saying hello, family. Back to you. Hello. And hello from everyone over here. It's nice to see you again. And it's nice to be with you again. Yeah. And last week we had a little competition and you Dlaminis were super fast on the mark. I mean, they got their picture in so quickly. I want to know what was happening behind the scenes at home, Bukosi. Yo, Sugue came straight out of the library. He's like, guys, we have to take this picture. As soon as he heard, he's like, let's go. We have to take this picture. I want to win. So we all go. We go and we take this picture, send it in, and then we sit back down like nothing happened. And Sugue just runs away, goes back to whatever he was doing. He definitely earned winning the prize there for all that effort he, he put in. But there were some other cool pics that people sent through, and we want to share that with you this morning. So this is how some people did church last week. We had Numfundo and her sister looking very glamorous, and um, then we also had uh, Fanele. She was up and ready to do church. Um, I think we also had um, uh, Rafiwe before she had the baby. There we go. That was her doing church. And we had the Joshua family as well, which was really cool. I think we do life with some amazing, amazing people. But today, what we want to do is we want to celebrate life. We want to celebrate um, all the birthdays and anniversaries and things that have happened in September. And we want you to send those pics through to our WhatsApp number. And um, I know you're having a birthday next week, Saturday, whoop, whoop. because he is turning 13, the big one, three, teenager in the house. Woo. Are you looking forward to your birthday? 
Yes, I am. I'm looking forward to it. I can finally be like, I'm a teenager now. Okay. And I'm sure your parents are really excited about that. Another teenager in the house. <laughs> You're a great teenager though. But we've also had some other um, amazing things that have happened this week. Auntie Rafael Ware had her baby. And, um, and we want to share that picture with you. So let me get this name right. It's a long, beautiful, glamorous name. Baby Letago Zuko Barak Raputo. And so that is our new addition to the church family. And, um, and well done, Rafael, where you're going to be an amazing mom. You already are an amazing mom, and we know that um, your little boy is blessed to have you. And we are blessed to have him in our church family as well. Um, but kids, we want to do a little competition for you this morning. We know that Sukue loved the competition last week, and we know that you're going to love this week's competition. So kids, you have got to get the funniest face that you can pull. You've got to pull the funniest face, get someone to take a picture of you, and send it to our WhatsApp number, and then we're going to have this cap for you guys to win. So whoever pulls the funniest face and sends it through to us will show it at the end of the service and you guys will um, you know make us laugh this side with funny faces but we only want the kids to send through the funny faces we don't want to see any old people with funny faces okay <laughs> so just the kids and um, and what can you tell us about that because so you can send it through through to our whatsapp which is 072-606-6747 it should be somewhere around here on the screen and you can just send it straight through to there, and then later on, we'll announce the winner. Cool. And has anybody else logged in on the online chat? Do you want to tell us about? Here we are, Auntie Navasha, saying that the baby is so beautiful. Yes, he is. And um, here we are. We've got all these people. And Auntie Nokolo saying, Huyamora, Almal. <laughs> that was really good Afrikaans, because see, I can see you back at school. So, Bukosi, tell us, what's been the highlight of your week? Definitely swimming again. It may be very, very cold, but it was a lot of fun swimming in the pool again. It was great fun. Great fun. So you're great getting fun. active, getting in the swimming pool. That's really brave because it's still a bit chilly, but we want to celebrate September. It's the month of spring. We're saying get back exercising, get to the beach, get into the pool, make sure that you're fit and strong for summer that is on its way. That's it. Um, and uh, yeah, I think for me, the highlight has definitely been the Alpha series that we've been running at church for a small group of people. And a big shout out to Travis and Tony Gale, who've been hosting that. You guys have been doing a fantastic job. But I've just loved, I mean, the course material is fantastic. It's excellent. It's very thought provoking. And we've had a beautiful team of people as well um, who've just come in and sharing their stories. So that's been really, really good. Another highlight has definitely been seeing all these celebration pictures coming through and all these funny faces. Look at this one. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> he could actually be the winner, but we'll never know. We'll show you later on. All right. And um, because, see, we've been having a great time with this new series that Uncle Wayne's been doing. Well, he's not really Uncle Wayne, he's my husband. <laughs> um, have you enjoyed the series so far? Definitely. I've been enjoying the series a lot. And really, I've been loving it. And one of the quotes that has really been, really touched my heart was when Uncle Wayne said, you shouldn't, well, yes, you should believe in Jesus, but you should also believe like Jesus. And that's very important because Jesus always had faith in what he was doing. And he also had faith 
in God. So if he didn't have faith in God and what he was saying to him, he might not have even gone to the cross and we might not be here today. So it's very important that we have faith through everything in our lives. That's fantastic. So we're really great that, um, grateful that Jesus had the faith that he had to do what he had to do. But we're going to go into a time of worship now, and we're really looking forward to that with Lungi and the team leading us in worship. Woo. Then we'll continue our worship with our tithes and offering, and then it'll be over to my awesome husband for um, the second part of the, the Believe series. And then it'll be back to us, Yay. and we'll announce the winner. So over to the worship team. fullness, the world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. We invite you to join us in your home, wherever you are, and lift up the gates of worship, and let the King of Glory come in this morning. Um, and don't just watch the worship, but participate in it, and open up your heart to what God wants to do this morning. Amen.
Jesus. 
everlasting to everlasting. We love and appreciate your love. We believe in your goodness. We believe in your power. We believe in your greatness. And you believe in your indescribableness, oh Lord. Receive the glory this morning and we open up our hearts to receive your word, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As part of our worship this morning, let's prepare to give our tithes and offerings. Lord, as we give our tithes and offerings today, it is our joy to give towards the advancement of your kingdom. We pray that these resources will be multiplied so we can reach the lost, make disciples and impact our city. Lord, your word says that you love a cheerful giver that you bless the faithful and that you open the windows of heaven over those who tithe. As we give today, may it be so over our lives, families and businesses for your glory. Amen. Good morning, church. Such, Such a joy to, to be with you all this morning, those in the room and those in your own rooms. Uh, spring is in the air and um, level one lockdown is coming, which is also quite exciting. I'm just really stoked to be uh, doing church with you guys this morning and uh, having a few people in the room as well is just beautiful and amazing. I've got my, my one son on camera, my other son on AV this morning, my wife is hosting, so we team Sanderman amidst a, a bunch of amazing volunteers in the room this morning, and uh, the vibe is good in the room. I, I hope it's, a, it's good at home as well. So we, uh, we started a, a series last week called Believe, and the subtitle is uh, Revival Starts With Me. And, and in this series, what we're doing is we're, we're looking at the fact that faith is a fundamental non-negotiable key to everything in the kingdom. Faith is, is the key to salvation. It is the key to receiving healing. When we read the Gospels, we see that faith is the key to deliverance, to provision. Uh, Jesus said faith is the key to having our prayers answered. And so Jesus was constantly calling his disciples and his followers up to faith. He was constantly saying, guys, we, you must believe this is a non-negotiable key to experiencing everything in the kingdom. And we looked at the truth last week that our, um, our beliefs will never rise higher or go further than what we believe. Uh, our beliefs either limit or unlimit our life. In fact, they, they limit or unlimit our organizations as well, the, the organizations that we're a part of. But they're also a limit or unlimit what God can do in our lives. And so this is why I'm just so pumped to be doing this series because I, I really believe if we can just get a hold of this key of faith, man, we're going to start to see some incredible testimonies in our lives. Proverbs 23 says the following. It says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And we can't get around that. There's no other way around that. We, we can never behave um, consistently beyond what we believe. We will always go back to our, our default, which is our beliefs. And now the good news in Scripture is this, is that we can, we can address our beliefs. We can, we can change our beliefs and that we can grow in faith as well. And that's what we're going after in the series, is that we're, we're looking at our beliefs. We're re-examining them, making sure they are right. And uh, we're going after growing in our faith. Now, I've been doing some devotions during the week as well, just a few 
uh, a midweek devotion, small five to seven minute devotions, which we're putting out on some WhatsApp groups. And if you want to plug into those devotions, you are more than welcome just to send us a WhatsApp to the church number, um, and, and we'll plug you in, and you can start receiving those as well. Just, they're just basically me taking some of the points out of the sermon and massaging them into our hearts so that we can really digest this word. So today, the sermon is entitled, The Just Shall Live by faith, all right? The just shall live by faith. And we're going to go to Romans 1 and verse 16 together. But before we go to Romans 1, 16, let's just, let's just consecrate this moment and let's just pray before we get into the Word. Father in heaven, I commit this time to you. I believe that your plans for me are good and that everything good starts with your Word. Your Word brings life, healing, and direction. I treasure your word more than my daily bread. I boldly confess that my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. That's where we're going to start our sermon today. The just shall live by faith. Now, this is a famous passage of Scripture, so I'm definitely not going to read this alone, all right? I'm expecting everybody in the room, all right? We, please read this with me. And uh, everybody at home, I want to I hear you from your homes reading out the scripture, okay? So we're going to start in verse 16, and it says, For I am not, let's go, let's go, let's wait we start again, let's go. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Woo. Woo. Come on, what a powerful passage, okay? The Apostle Paul talking and he's saying that he's not ashamed of the gospel. Why is he not ashamed of the gospel? Because the gospel is the power of God for salvation, for everyone who believes. Okay, so note again, believing is essential. And then he goes on and says it's for the Jew first and also for the Greek. In other words, nobody is excluded. And in the gospel, there's this righteousness. Okay, in, in this gospel, he says there is this righteousness that comes from God. And it's revealed when we have faith. When we put our faith in God, this, this righteousness gets imparted to us. It comes through faith, through the door of faith, as it is written. And it leads to more faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, if we really want to unpack this scripture, what we need to do is we've got to go back in history. We've got to rewind the clock to uh, the 16th century, the early 1500s, to a man called Martin Luther, an Augustinian monk, a sincere, devout, heartfelt, diligent uh, monk, all right, <laughs> with a shaved head, yes, all right, and uh, uh, Martin Luther was one of the most sincere people you, you would ever meet in your life, all right, he, he was the kind of guy who really wanted to please God. And that's why he went into to becoming a monk. He, he wanted to withdraw from the world so he, he could press in for more of God. He studied the scriptures like nobody else. He rose way above all the other students in theology. And, um, 
and, and he, he excelled in the studies of the word. He became a professor of theology. And all the while, he just wanted to get closer to God. His main aim was to please God in his life. And so what happened was he, he understood the concept of God's holiness. He understood that he was a sinner, all right? Just that, that, in, that, that conscience in us that tells us that God is holy and that we're not. He understood that. And he understood the majesty of God. He understood judgment. He understood resurrection. He believed that in the life of Jesus Christ. And so he gave himself completely to theology and teaching theology to everybody. And then one day, there was um, a turning point in his life. He went on a trip to Rome, which was basically the center of Christianity at that point. So Rome was like the the, the hub, all right? It was where the Pope was. It was where uh, Rome made all the decisions. And, and in that day, it was only the Catholic Church in existence. And so the Catholic Church uh, basically controlled the whole church all around Europe, all, basically all over the world as well. And, uh, and, and so he, decided, he had to go to Rome on a trip. And when he got to Rome, he was so expectant. He thought, like, he would get to this holy city, and everybody would just be so righteous, and there would be just peace and love and joy, because he just knew something was missing from his own life. And so he thought, maybe if he went to Rome, it's going to be different. But when he arrived in Rome, he was, like, totally depressed. He could not believe the state the church was in. Sin was rampant. Prostitution was rampant in the city. The, it was like, it was, he was expecting a place that was going to be glorious, and it was, it was nothing like that at all. And he was, he, it, it really spun him. It really threw him. And so he went to this place um, near St. John's. There's this St. John's Cathedral. There's this place called Scala Sancta, which means uh, whole, sacred stairs. And, and basically, there's this, it's a staircase uh, of 25 stairs. And, these, and the staircase ascends. I'm going to show you a picture of it now uh, on AV. And, and that, is, that staircase goes up to the statue of Jesus. And what people would do, th those actual marble stairs on, on that staircase are supposedly the same stairs that Jesus walked down after Pontius Pilate sentenced him to the cross. So they were taken from Jerusalem and taken to Rome and assembled there. And so they called this place Scala Sancta. You can still go there. You can still see Scala Sancta, sacred staircase to this day. All right. And what people would do back in the day is they would arrive at these sacred stairs and they would get on their knees and they would say multiple prayers from the rosary and prayers to saints and, and our fathers and various other prayers, but they would do it on their knees. And then they would go up one step at a time, one step at a time. And if it hurt your knees, all the better. Because what you were doing in that action was you were repenting for all your sin. You were acknowledging the holiness of God and you were, you were humbling yourself. And even if your body pained, then it was a good thing. The, the Augustinian monks, what they used to do, the, the order that Martin Luther was a part of, they would even whip themselves. They would even beat themselves while they were doing this. And, and many people go to those stairs today and do the same thing. All right? Now, while Martin Luther was there, he was going up the staircase on his knees, and, and he was so conscious of his sin, and he was so conscious of the holiness of God. But while he was going on the stairs, the scripture that we've just read right now, right, Romans 1, 16 to 17, 
came into his soul, spoken by God, like a revelation. And it's those final words, the just shall live by faith. And what that means, the just shall live by faith, it means this. It means that you are made righteous by faith and not by works. That righteousness is a gift that God gives to people. It's not something that we can earn. It's not something we can just, we can't whip ourselves to get it. We, can't, we can humble ourselves as much as we like. We, 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 there's no action that we can do to earn righteousness, this gift called righteousness. It's a gift that God gives to people when we have faith. And that's what the scripture is communicating. The just shall live by faith. There's a righteousness in the gospel and it comes through faith. And it leads to more faith. So it is written, the just shall live by faith. This was like a turning point for Martin Luther. In fact, he said these words. I'll, I'll show you this quote that he said. He said, Here I felt as if I were entirely born again and had entered paradise itself through the gates that had been flung, wide, that had been flung open. This was a turning point in his life. Why? What happened to Martin Luther in this moment? Well, in this moment, all these years, he was living under this burden that he had to try and be good and earn his way to heaven. In fact, many people believe that for every step you went up on Scala Sancta, you would be forgiven for one year of sins. So but by the time you got to the top, you would have 25 years of forgiveness, which meant you could then go live your life any way you wanted thereafter. You got tw- you've, got a, you've got savings, you know, of 25 years. And many people thought, well, they would only live to 50, so they, they planned a pilgrimage to Scala Sancta twice in their lifetime, which meant that I would, I, I'm covered then. My sins will be forgiven. And it's an incorrect mindset. It's a mindset that says we, we can earn our way to heaven. We can do something. And the, and the Bible says that there's only one way to heaven, and that's through faith. In Jesus Christ, that faith in the finished work of Calvary, faith in that blood of Jesus, that he took our sin, he took our place, and by faith we exchange our sin for his righteousness. There's only, and the door to receiving that is faith. And what happened to Martin Luther in that moment was, I like to think his believer came alive, all right? You know, we've all got this, this like ability to believe according to scripture. And it's like this little, this, I think of it as like an engine, all right? We've got this engine, this believer engine. And it was like his believer engine came alive. And, and, and it's amazing because what I find so incredible about the story is, think about what Martin Luther had. He had the scriptures. He had prayers. He had discipline. He was part of a monastery. He was part of an order. He knew about the righteousness. He knew theology. He knew the Bible backwards. He, he knew all of that, yet he wasn't born again because faith had not been activated in his life. Because faith had not kicked in and he had not made the connection with Scripture. And this is what's so exciting about faith is when, when we get faith, man, the Scriptures come alive and we start to step into what Scripture promises. You see, it's possible that you can know the Scriptures this morning. You can know a whole lot about God. All right? You can know about Jesus. You can, know, you can probably quote Scriptures. But the question is, are you experiencing? Experiencing them in your life? 
Are you experiencing what God promises? And the difference between what we're experiencing and what we know there's only, is, is faith, right? The, the gap between the two is one thing. It's the faith gap. And so we have got to activate our believers if we want to start to experience Christianity. If we don't, then, then all our faith becomes is nice words. That all it becomes is like gatherings on Sundays and Bible studies and, and bless you, brother, and hallelujah to the Lord, and, and, and we have coffee together, and, and we're nice to each other, and we all of that, but, but we never see the power of God moving in our lives. We never see supernatural provision. We never experience the gift of prophecy coming out of our lips when we're in the workplace, sitting in work and, and speaking life over somebody else. We never start to see like all those promises of destiny over our lives actually starting. Maybe God's called you to be a prophet to the nations. Maybe he's called you to be an entrepreneur. Maybe he's called you to be a doctor. Whatever it is, all those promises of God over your life, all those amazing prophetic words come alive when you activate your believer. When you start to put faith to what God has said, can somebody say amen? <laughs> so you, you can have wonderful prophetic words over your life this morning. Wonderful prophetic words. But let me tell you something. It's for nothing if you don't put your faith to it. Unless you pick up that prophetic word and you activate your believer and you start to say, man, I believe this is the word of the Lord for my life. And you start to believe it and confess it and pray it and declare it over your life and, and allow it to sink into your heart and change the way you think about life, man, it's just going to be nice words on a piece of paper or nice words on a recording until you exercise your faith muscle. So let's fast forward in history now to, to another modern day example. So there's another well-known author and speaker, a guy by the name of Graham Powell. And he had a very similar experience to Martin Luther. But, you know, many centuries later, Graham Powell was a, a young man who, um, who was bound in, in, in demonic oppression. He had serious allergies. He had a tremendous fear. He, he had uh, uh, mood swings and major depressions to the point where he, he didn't know whether one day he would be up or down. He couldn't hold a job. He, uh, he couldn't make any commitments in his life, whether, you know, like, like we make commitments. You know, we say, okay, I'll see you Friday night. He never knew if he could actually be there Friday night because Friday might be a bad day for him. Um, and so he struggled with all these insecurities and fears and depression. And he, he had this major internal problem, okay? And, and if you, if you experience that, you know, you know what I mean, all right? If you've ever experienced that, that his internal world was, was literally one of bondage. But now the problem is he knew the gospel and he knew the scriptures. And so he threw himself into studying the Bible. He studied the scriptures. He confessed scriptures. He, he fasted. He prayed. Um, sometimes for hours every single day. In fact, he, he did a prayer and fast for a whole year as well. And, when he got to, and nothing changed in his life. And he got to the end of that year and he was completely broken. It was like, I've done everything in my strength to try and get the freedom of my soul out. You know, to be free and I'm still not free. And when he got to that place, to the end of himself, sure, something on that this morning. Maybe some of you need you you're coming to the end of yourself. I want you to know that that's actually a, that's a good thing. Uh, when, we, when we come to the end of ourselves, that's where 
where God can actually sometimes step in. He came to the end of himself, and, and God impressed the key of faith into his life. And he said, everything that you need is not by works. It's not by praying harder. It's not by memorizing scriptures harder. It's by activating your believer. You have to believe. You can't get what you need from scripture through works. You've got to do it through faith. And it came like a revelation to him. He saw the finished work of the cross. He saw what Jesus had done in his life. And, and suddenly the lights went on. And he was like, Jesus purchased my healing. Jesus purchased my deliverance. It's done. I don't have to work to get it. I just got to activate the believer in me. And as soon as he did that, this is what his wife said about him. It says, then, then God began to show Graham the way of faith. And I remember the day he grasped the truth of faith and our rights as the children of God. Come on, I'm praying that's the day for some of us today. It came as a revelation to him. This was a new day for us, a day of hope. From then on, he began to gradually change. The inner release became more and more evident. The depressions went. His personality stabilized. I saw him change from a shy, introverted young man to one of confidence and authority in God. A change that not only altered his personality, but his appearance as well. A change so obvious that others expressed their amazement. Sounds uh, to me like his believer came alive. Something came alive. And you know what? When we get this believer motor working, guys, everything changes. And think about he's the same example as Martin Luther. He had the scriptures. He had prophetic words. He had everything. But he needed to go through a shift and understanding that it's not by works, but it is by faith that we enter in. It got me thinking these examples. What could I be missing out on right now in Scripture because my believer is not activated? What is mine in Scripture? What has Jesus purchased for Wayne? What has Jesus purchased for Lungi? What has Jesus purchased for Jill, for Bukosi? What has Jesus purchased for us that we don't have right now because our believer is not activated? But we could have it. It could be ours. You know, what is available to me right now if I started to activate faith in my life? What promises am I waiting on and that I've just shelved because I thought, well, you know, it's, they're nice words, but, but the reality of my circumstances are just, you know, they don't, they're, they're, my circumstances don't line up with the word. <laughs> That's totally the wrong way to think about things, all right? We, we are not driven, we are not led by sight, we are led by faith, all right? The, the higher reality is always what God says over our lives. So what could happen to you if you started believing that you were a world changer? Or a person of influence? What if you just got your believer activated? That, that actually God had calls, has called you to be a world changer. God's called you to be an, a person of great influence. And, and imagine you just started to believe that. Imagine you, imagine you started to believe that God's anointing rests in you. Imagine you, 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 you got your believer motor going. <laughs> You know, and you started to believe that actually 
the creator of the universe and his anointing abides in me. That same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead actually lives in me. Imagine we just started to, to activate just that one truth of Scripture. Imagine you started to believe that the infinite wisdom and creativity of God is actually available to you every single day of your life for every circumstance that you're facing right now, at work or whatever. Imagine you just started to activate your believer to, to that truth. I mean, we, I could go on. I could, just, you know, there's so many promises in Scripture. They're all there. It's like they're treasure chests waiting to be opened if we would activate our believers. Imagine if we as a church started to believe that God's called us to reach thousands upon thousands of people in the city of Durban with the gospel. Imagine we started to believe that there's, there's, there's a day coming and even now where the presence of God is going to be so thick in this room that, man, drug addicts are going to walk in the door and get instantly set free and, and rehab centers in Durban are probably just, they're going to have to close down because, you know, there's, it's, you just bring them to every nation Durban and you, just, you don't even have to do much. You just actually just bring them to the parking lot because it, it, the glory is hitting the parking lot and, and they're getting set free in their car and they come in through, through, the, through the door and they get the revelation of Christ and they're saved and, and then they come in here and then God supernaturally starts to pr provide for their life and, 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 and their body gets healed as well. You know, come on. You know, like imagine if we as a group started to believe that our best days are ahead of us, that, that the future is packed with promise and incredible, exciting things. Imagine we started to wake up every day with that sort of believer activated in us. Hey? So here's a, here's a thing, a question I have. What does an activated believer look like? I want to go to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. What does an activated believer look like? We're going to read this passage. It says the following. It says, For indeed, we have had the, gospel, the good news of salvation preached to us, just as the Israelites also, when the good news of the promised land came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not united with faith by those who heard. <laughs> okay, so what, 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 what the writer of Hebrews is teaching us here, guys, is that he's, he's drawing a parallel and he said, we hear the gospel just like that group of people who went through out of Egypt and through the Red Sea heard about a promised land. In much the same way as we hear about salvation, they heard about a promised land, but it didn't benefit them. That message came to them, and it didn't benefit them. In fact, they died in the wilderness. Why? Because they did not unite the word with faith. Okay, so, so we have to unite the word. We have to unite our faith with the word in order to see the promises fulfilled in our lives. Now, what I find interesting about this is that when you go read the Exodus story, it, it, throughout the Exodus story, faith actually isn't mentioned as a reason why they didn't enter the promised land. So in, in Hebrews, in the New Testament, it says that they didn't enter in because of faith. But when you go read the, the story, the account, you, you see faith is actually not mentioned. In fact, what you notice about them is, is that they had a poor self-image. They thought of themselves as grasshoppers in the sight of the giants in the land. Not only did they have a poor self-image, they exalted the circumstances above God and His promises. They, they literally believed that the giants were bigger and stronger than the Word of God. 
Thirdly, they grumbled and complained consistently. Okay? They, they were suspicious about God and his promises. And they had a victim mentality. Always like, oh, we're, you know, like, oh, poor us. You know, we, we never. So, you know, the Bible calls their lack of faith all of those things. So if you want to know what a lack of faith looks like, it looks like having a poor self-image. It looks like exalting circumstances above the power of God. It looks like living with grumbles and complaints, or my life is not like this, my boss is not like this, nothing ever goes good for me, my teachers don't like me, da-da-da. It's always this victim mentality towards life and suspicious about God, you know. He said it, but I'm, I want to see him do that. I want to see him do it, then I'm going to believe that he's going to do that. So the Bible says that all of that is, is what a lack of faith looks like. So what does an activated believer look like? All right, it looks like someone who believes everything God says about them. <laughs> That's what an activated believer looks like. I'm going to, God has said that I'm, I'm free. God has said that I'm a leader. God has said that I'm going to preach the gospel. God said that I'm a healer. Then I'm going to believe that. Higher than, so, so, you know, sometimes we think like having a poor self-image is like this, this false, like, it's like this humility, you know, we just like keep ourselves low. In fact, what we see in scripture is no, that is actually a lack of faith. You're actually going to lose out. You're going to miss out. You keep thinking about yourself that way. The Bible says that's a lack of faith. Your believer is not activated and you're not going to experience and enter into what God has promised. So an activated believer is someone who takes the, whatever God says about me, all right, whether it's specific or general in Scripture, that I'm chosen, that I'm a royal priesthood, that I'm a holy nation, whatever the general and specific is, and says that that is my reality. That's who I am. That's who I am. And maybe, you know, God's called you to be an author or a singer or a, a writer or a preacher or something, and it's not there in your life. Well, what are you going to believe? <laughs> an activated believer starts saying, well, I am an author. I am a healer. Wait, before, I haven't healed anybody. I haven't written any book. I, but, but the word of the Lord over my life is this, and that's what I believe. It shows that your believer is working. Okay? Someone with an activated believer, uh, believer is someone who exalts God above circumstances. It never looks at the circumstances to lead the giants in the land, the problems in the land, what's happening with the economy. Oh, things are bad with COVID-19. Oh, my, I come from a generation that suffers from diabetes. There's a 99% chance that I have to. We never, all right, never take our lead from the circumstances and exalt circumstances above what God says about us. It's called having an overcomer mentality. That's what it means to be, have an activated, a high opinion of God, having an overcomer mentality. And I want to ask you today, what does your attitude towards life look like? Do you look like an activated believer or do you look like someone who still needs to activate their believer? <laughs> let's, let, let's take this, tr this truth just one, one level deeper. Okay, one level deeper. We're going to look at the parable of the prodigal son, and, uh, and I'll finish with this. I'm sure you all know the story of the prodigal son in Scripture. It's a, it's a parable that's told by Jesus, and we call it the prodigal son parable, but I think it should actually be called the parable of two sons, right? Because a lot of attention goes to the first son, 
And we know all about him, all right? He's the one who said, Dad, give me my inheritance. In other words, I wish you were dead. Just give me my cash so I can go and enjoy my life, all right? Give me my inheritance. And he goes and takes his inheritance, and he goes and buys Gucci shoes, and he hangs out in Gateway and eats Ferrero Rocher chocolate every day, and he's got, like, Armani, and, he's, you know, he's got the suit, and he's just, like, high life, purchases a Lamborghini. He drives it. But then eventually the, the money runs out, and the car, car repayments catch up with him. And we know the story. He ends up uh, being like a slave or a servant on a pig farm, eating what pigs eat. And he has this revelation that actually the servants in my father's heart eat better than this. Let me, let me repent. Let me go back to my father's house. So we know all about the, the younger son, all right? But what we don't give much attention to is the older son. And... Um, I want, to just, I, want to just, I want to read a passage from the story. But it's interesting that we note that the younger son, all right, the, these two sons, they represent the two extremes of what happens when we abandon faith. The younger son abandoned faith for the world, and he ended up in rebellion. The older son abandoned faith for works, and he ended up religious. Both missed out on what the father had for them. Both of them missed out. And that's something we, we miss in Scripture. So the younger abandoned his faith in his father for, for the world, and he became rebellious, which is what some people do. The older one abandoned faith for works, and he became religious, and he also messed out. So missed out on what the father said. So we have these two examples. They're the two extremes of what happens to us when we abandon faith. So let's just read... Um, from verse 28 to 32, it says, Then the older son was furious. This is when the younger one came back and the father threw a party for him. And he didn't want to enter into the party, but his father came out and begged him. And he answered his father, Look, I've served you all these years and I've never disobeyed your instruction. Yet you've never given me as much as a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours returned after gobbling up your estates on prostitutes you slaughtered the fatted calf for him and then his father said son you've always been with me everything i have is yours but we had to celebrate and we had to be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive he was lost and he is found so you know in this passage we see that the younger son found faith again in the father he found that you know what the world is not all it's cracked out to be okay the world is actually a bad place and he found his faith he found faith in his father's mercy and abundance and because of that act of coming back to his father his father released his mercy upon his son released the goodness of the fatted calf and the new robes and the new rings on his finger and 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 kissed him on the cheek because he believed that his father would receive him because he believed that his father was merciful that his father was good it was faith and that trip back to his house was an act of faith it was it was putting works to his faith that God is good that God will take me back that God gives us second chances and third chances and that he's merciful and he's gracious it was that that unlocked the goodness of God to him but the, the, the line I want to focus on is what the father says to the older son. He said this. He said, everything I have is yours. You know, everything I have is yours. 
what does that mean? It, it, it means that basically this older son could have had a party anytime he wanted to have a party. He could have had a celebration any day with his mates. All I have is yours. In other words, like, you were thinking wrong about me. You were thinking wrong about yourself. You were thinking that you still had to earn what is already yours. That is the definition of religion. That's what Martin Luther was stuck in, trying to earn what Christ had already purchased for him. That's what Graham Powell was stuck in, trying to earn what Christ had already purchased for him. All I have is yours. Saints, I want to speak that over you today. The Father is saying, all I have is yours. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus. By faith. Amen. You know, this older son was trying to get through works what we can only get through faith. And this is where so many good, well-meaning Christians end up as well, is that we're still trying to work for what God has already purchased for us. So let me finish with this. So we know the scriptures in James says this. It says, it says faith without works is, is dead. So faith, and what the context of that scripture was this, was that don't say you're a believer in Jesus and there's nothing in your life that says you look like a believer of Jesus, like a follower of Jesus, okay? So faith without any like sort of evidence or works attached to it is, is dead, okay? And, that's, and, and we understand that, that we agree with that. But if that's true, then the reverse is also true in that works without faith are also dead. If we're just trying to do works to try and earn our way with God, and we're not putting faith to what we're doing, what we're doing is just as dead. So the younger son didn't put, uh, didn't put works to his faith. Right? He, he believed in the Father, but he basically went and lived like the world. He didn't have any works according to his faith. The older son didn't put faith into what he was working for his father. And the question I want to ask you today is, which one are you? Are you like the younger son, where basically there's no evidence of the fact that Christ, you say you're Christian, but there's like no evidence, you live like the world, you, there's, I mean, let me ask you this question. If I was to put you on trial today to try and convict you as a Christian in a court of law with witnesses and evidence and, a, and an advocate, would there be enough evidence to convict you as a Christian? Would we be able to take your life and, and, and say, without a doubt, man, this, this person is a follower of Jesus. We, we can see by their lifestyle. If not, then I want to challenge you today and say, you need to start putting some works to your faith, to this faith that you confess. You confess that Jesus is your Lord, then start to live it in your life. Start to put some works to that faith in order to see the power of Christ flow in your life. But maybe you're in, in the other category today. Maybe you're in the category where you're like the older brother, where you're working hard for God, but your belief is not activated. Your faith's not activated. And, and you're trying to earn slaving hard to please God when all he has is yours and you need to start activating the believer muscle in you. 
Which, which one are you? Which category do you fall more into? And let's pray together. Father, I pray for everyone who's listening to me today, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would come by your spirit, wherever we are in our homes, our lounges, here in this auditorium. And I pray, Father, that, that the, the revelation of faith would sink deep, that we cannot, we cannot do life without this, that we cannot walk without this thing called faith, that we cannot access all that we have without it. Lord, I pray for an activation this morning. I pray that those who are working so hard Lord God, to try and please you would start to lean into their faith muscle. They would start to demonstrate what an activated believer looks like. That they would start to change the way they think about themselves, about you, about the future. Lord, I pray that you would start to stimulate just faith in every heart. That we would rise up and be men and women of faith. That we would start to see healing that we'll start to see deliverance, that we'll start to see provision flowing because we're activating our faith. We, we're taking the promises and we're mixing our faith towards them. And Lord, for those who, are, who know, Lord, they're, they're feeling the conviction of your spirit right now, that they have got no works to add to their faith, Lord God, that, and that they look like the world, they smell like the world, they're in the world, and there's no difference between the world and them. I pray for the conviction of your spirit right now to take them out of that place and put them in a place where they are not just a Christian by, by word, but by lifestyle. Saints, I bless you in the name of Jesus. I'll see you again soon. Amen. <laughs> wow. That was such a powerful word, Bokosi. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, definitely. It I was think, so powerful. Yeah, we are definitely being challenged to mature in faith. And you know what's really being unlocked to me as we are unpacking this believer within us is um, just how believing right shapes our day for positivity. It shapes our day for fruitfulness. And it, it really it becomes like a superpower, you know? <laughs> I think believing right is the new superpower, definitely. I think um, people are going to have a great time during the week with their um, connect groups, just chatting, unpacking the iConnect, and really delving into this, Bakosi. So I've, I've actually taken some time to look through the iConnect, and I found a question that I found really interesting. So this is the question. Discuss in a group why you think we don't activate our believers or the key of faith. And I really think that when you're going through this question, you should really look deep within yourself and be honest with yourself. Because if you can't be honest with yourself, then you can't be honest with anybody else. So you have to be honest with yourself and see what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Sure. There we go. That's maturity right there. You can see she's turning 13. <laughs> um, but Connect Group is such a powerful place to, to really go deeper in God's Word. It's a powerful place to build with other believers, that iron sharpening iron. It's a place where people will care for you and where you can care for other people. So we really want to put a big emphasis on being a part of a Connect Group and, um, and delving into the iConnect. Now, because you've been going to Connect Group for a long time, I mean, since you can remember, I'm sure. Tell us about Connect Group for you. 
So when I was younger, obviously I'm not that old, <laughs> but when I, was, when I was a bit younger, I would sit in the connect group and just listen to the adults talking. And I found that I could actually understand what they were saying and I could understand what they were going through in their lives, even though it's a big age gap. Um, I found it interesting that I could really connect with the people who were in the room and that even though there are a lot of differences between all of us, we're still all a family and we should all remember that we can open up to each other. Absolutely. So Connect Group is not just for the oldies, it's also for the youngsters and the children are watching and they're learning and I think that's why you're so well discipled is that you've been a part of Connect Groups since you were really young and, um, and I just love to hear the maturity that comes out of you and the wisdom. Um, yeah, but we've had such a great time hosting you guys and being with you. It's really been a special time together. Anybody you want to say thank you to before we go into our pictures that have come through and our prize winners? Well, yes, I'd definitely like to thank Uncle Wayne for the sermon and the iConnect. Woo! Yeah. And thank you very much to Auntie Lungi and the worship team. And woo woo! And to Uncle Small, who was our producer over there busy stressing <laughs> and both Daniels on AV woo, yeah. and Caleb as our one-man camera crew well done. and also to Uncle NT and on sound and everyone else thank you for sharing your gifts as well Absolutely. and we must always remember that our time talents and treasures are to serve God's purpose very good very good and before we say goodbye to you guys, we want to just show a really awesome celebratory picture. Thank you to, um, to Nklebe and Stone for sending your picture of your anniversary that you, that you had, um, that you celebrated. We celebrate with you. Congratulations. And we just love seeing your family. Um, we also want to say happy birthday to Rafil Ware for Friday. She mentioned to us that she's got a birthday coming. And then we also, we said the competition was just for the kids, but there was Deneo who sent through a funny face pic just to make us laugh and just to celebrate life. So funny face pic, Deneo, thank you for sending that. And I know the children are dying to see themselves on the screen and we have selected a winner even though it was so difficult. So let's show those kids pics. We've had the Mtwa children, we had the Gale children. Um, yeah, they're awesome. We had Kwanda uh, Koza, um, and then we had the Irawera kids. And children, you know, it was so hard to choose a winner that I'm gonna say everybody gets a prize. I'll make sure that there's something here at the desk and your parents can come and collect something. But we did have to select one winner and it was unanimous that the winner of the cap goes to Erie because that Woo! was big eyes, that big face, that was just hilarious. <laughs> so thanks for participating in the competition. We love celebrating life with all of you. You're amazing. Have a fantastic week. And remember to activate that believer because you will be astounded as to what God wants to release into your life as you partner with him through faith. Amen. Cool. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.endurban.org. 
to get our bank details and Zappa code. Have a safe and blessed week.